We're back to the Total Celebrity Show on the Total Radio Network. Again, TotalTutor.net for more information. Twitter, Total Tutor, Neil S. Haley, Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, Total Tutor, and Pinterest, Neil Haley. And I'm so excited to welcome, first of all, my co-host, Blake Robinson. Blake, how are you today? Fine, thanks, Neil. It's a pleasure to be with you here. Absolutely, Blake. We're excited to have you on the show, and we have such a fantastic guest. I'm so excited to welcome the program. And uh, I was a huge fan of his. Uh, he had an unbelievable career, uh, Pro Bowler in 1998. He won the NFC rushing title in 1998. He was an NFC champion, former Atlanta Falcon, Jamal Anderson. Jamal, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're do, we're doing fantastic, and we appreciate very well, very well being on the show. Now, Jamal, I tell you, for our listeners out there, remembering when you were at your peak playing for the Falcons, you were unstoppable, weren't you? Um, you know, I'd like to think that when we when I came to play on Sundays, I put myself in a position to be. Uh, as successful as possible. I, it's tough to say unstoppable, but it, we sure had a good time. And, uh, you know, I, for me, when I got into the NFL, I was right behind, you guys know, living in this area, I was a year or two behind Jerome Bettis. So that guy, when his explosion into league, it really uh, helped me out immensely and opened people's eyes um, to, to the fact that, you know, big backs could also be uh, versatile um, and could and could really steer offenses. So it was awesome, and, and I really, you know, we I think we had a we had a lot of fun and we're great teammates. So I was very fortunate. Definitely, and I think the big backs definitely. Jerome brought back the big backs from the days of Earl Campbell in so many ways. So Jamal, when you were growing up, did you always want to be a football player? You know, I did. It was weird. I'm kind of a – I have a, this funny hashtag with all the people uh, that follow me on, you know, Twitter. And, and uh, you know, everybody calls me the dirty bird, but I, I always say the nerdy bird. So, interestingly enough, I wrote, like, an essay when I was, like, nine years old about my desire to be a Fortune 500 CEO while I was playing in the NFL and winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> I was a, I was a rather ambitious child, so yes, I, I thought if you would have asked if you would have asked me at the, you know nine ten years old, I already had in my head that I that I was gonna I was gonna make it to the NFL and this whole plan laid out. So I love I've loved football for as long as I can remember. Uh, I still love to watch the game. I am completely fired up for the season. Um, it's weird. It's been a long couple of months, if we think back, but it almost is like, ah, it seems like it just ended, but no, it didn't. If you, talk, if you, if you go through, like, the timeline of news events, we've waited a long time for the football season to come, and thankfully it's here. And it's really, it's a trip, because I'm a big soccer fan, and obviously everybody was World Cup, World Cup, World Cup, and it's weird when you, you turn on those TVs and see those beautiful grass fields and you guys swapping. You know what I mean? I'm like, I can't wait till we use the field to hit people for real. You know? <laughs> yeah, in the NFL season, Blake, it just seems like it's such a short season compared to all the other seasons. Isn't that true, Blake? That is true. It has gotten a little bit longer, thankfully, in the last uh, 10 years, if I remember correctly. But, uh, but sure, compared to basketball, compared to hockey, it's just uh, a couple of months. Well, you know, the thing is, okay, so we will start up here in August, and if you're fortunate, you'll end in February. 
And I don't know, I mean, you know, if you get uh, yeah, 16 weeks, but it's a, I don't think it could, you know, I know there's this conversation about adding two games. Listen, selfishly as a fan and not as a guy who was the next player, I'm like, it's a complete, I have to say that. It's like it has to come with an asterisk. I'm like, yes, give me two more games. Then I think about them as a player and I want to knock myself upside the head, which of course then would give me a concussion, which then of course would not be good. So, my thing is, it's a long season, and I remember, I try to remember, and again, being a, uh, a.k.a. the nerdy bird, I, I tried to go back and remember, because I used to keep a journal when I was a rookie, and I remember looking at some things, like, you know, three, four years ago, and I was, like, fascinated reading my stuff about how, I mean, it's a long season, It's a very, especially when you come from college, which college football seasons obviously have gotten longer, but it's a long season, and it's very physical so I don't, you know, it doesn't seem like it. Obviously, there's so many games. We just, baseball and basketball, I personally, and then I love both of them. Listen, I was at a Braves game the other night. I got Hawks tickets. Love them both. It's best all over the place. Um, you know, been following with great interest what's been going on in basketball with LeBron and some of the uh, the free agents movements. And, and I'm a huge hockey fan. My kid plays hockey. But I really think those Two other sports could greatly, greatly benefit from decreasing their seasons. You know, I think the product is kind of like, huh? And, you know, I agree. Yeah. People, so I don't think it'll ever happen because you know we're talking about money and TV rights and this, this, that, and the other. Um, but I would, to me, I'm like, God, the NBA. Look how great that season was they had. I mean, we don't want to strike, but you know, look how great that season was they had a couple of years ago when it was like 70 games yeah, or right. whatever. You know? Or the NHL where it goes on forever. <laughs> it never ends. Right. When I want to try to get an NHL player on my show, I'm like, oh, my gosh, they, they don't really have an off season. It's like you got to strike when the iron's hot. At least with the NFL, right. we know we have some opportunities to get them on at different times. Now, Jamal, when you were playing in high school and I guess when you were younger, did, you, did people know? know that you had that talent to play in the NFL at that point in time? You know, I, I, my, my dad, which was, rest in peace, he was, he was awesome. And he used to record my game. He used to record our games and stuff. And I remember NFL Films did a special a couple years ago, and they were, like, asking for all kinds of footage. And my parents sent them some footage. I was a pretty dominant like, at nine years old, I was doing, like, stiff arms and spins and running children over like it was not fair. Not to be honest, you know? I was pretty, I don't know. So, you know, you, you, but a lot of things can happen, you know? I mean, I have my son right now is nine. He had an exceptional season last year. But I'm like, people are like, and we're in Georgia. I thought the hype here is outrageous because he's my kid. But I'm like, he's got like 10 years, and he loves baseball. You know, I don't I don't care what he does. But, yeah, I was really, like I said, I was fortunate to be have some skills early. So they knew Jamal, that. Was there a point uh, where you knew that the NFL dream was a po- real possibility? You know. Maybe in high school, maybe in. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, when I got to high school, I would. I would say to people, you know, I'm four years away. You know, I'd be like, uh, I'm, I'm like four years away from the pros. So I got to start saying, people are like, oh, what are you talking about? I mean, I'm 16 years old. I'm like, yeah, you know, by the way, I'm the way I'm looking at it. You know, I figured I'd go not really red shirt and just go play and get out of there early. I was like, yeah, I'll be in the pros by the time I'm like 21, you know, at least. 
is that people, you know, some people, for for the most part at that time, um, I was a pretty good football player and generating some interest nationally. So, you know, you never know. But there's so many guys, you just don't know. I, I, I really say to a lot of guys that so many things, truly, not just your ability and your desire, uh, and your intelligence and will, so many things have to fall into place to make it to this level. Um, and so you just don't know. But I, I really believe that I was that I had an opportunity um, to to do it, and that was what I was going for. And that was, you know, I just look back and go, Phew, I'm glad it worked out. You know, we're talking to Jamal Anderson. I guess we can just say not just a superstar NFL player, but also uh, an entrepreneur. And knowing as a child he wanted to be an entrepreneur, which is I think is really cool in a lot of ways. You had high aspirations for yourself for sure. So when you attended college and right off the bat when you were playing college football, you were you already you said about you know, hey, I'm ready to get to the pros as quickly as possible. But once you started playing in that next level, stepping up from high school to college, did you see, did you see a lot of more challenges than you thought once you got to that next level? You know, when I first got to the most difficult thing I would say that I faced throughout my career. um, And that's why I was, that's why I made that comment about Jerome, because it's interesting. We were, we were so close and sometimes they forget, you know, it's about Earl Campbell and a couple other big backs here and there who were good players, and Neil Anderson and a couple other guys who were exceptional players. And they, it's like they forgot. And, you know, the league goes through these little things. It used to go through these little things where the big back was involved and there's a scat back, you know, was involved. And so it was kind of interesting. Um you know, for me, when I got to Utah, I don't, they didn't really know what to do with me. <laughs> you know, they didn't really know what to do with me with respect to what position to play and how to utilize me on the offensive side of the ball. And then, you know, we, we, it kind of worked out. And, again, I like to I, – I give credit to Jerome because he was making such noise in – when he first got to Notre Dame that on a national scene, people start looking twice at guys who are – you know, similarly built, who have similar a similar skill set. You know, so I was like, "Whew!" It's nice for he that he was doing what he was doing, but I I was always my, I, my entire career. I mean, I've always been a a bit, you know, more stocky and stout. And I used to always say, "Yo, I look like a fullback, but I run like a tailback." And so I, I really worked really I worked exceptionally hard to to be a great pass catcher and took tremendous pride in the fact that, you know, when June, June Jones, and he may say this to this day, he would always say I had the best hands on the football team. I took tremendous pride in my ability to catch. And in 1996, I believe, when they first let me start, I uh, you know, I had 50 catches. I, I spent the whole spring. I remember June saying, there's a lot of things you could do. When the Falcons finally started letting me to play, it was like, oh, what were we doing those first two years? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. that's what I was thinking, you know? I'd be like, that's what I was thinking. You know, you don't, everything happens for a reason. You don't complain. Maybe it saved my body. You don't, you know, so no big deal. But <clears throat> I worked an entire spring and mini camp as a slot receiver. I don't think I probably took 10 carries as a running back. And so it really, I hated that it didn't work out because, you know, everybody had comments and this, that, and the other about the run and shoot. 
Well, you know, guess what, guys? Peyton Manning and those boys went on to be dominant in the very, very similar offense a couple of years later, you know? So I think if we would have been a little bit more run savvy, it would have it would have been it would have certainly benefited uh June's career. But that that was my whole thing. I I've always been about okay, you know, whatever you're gonna do, you try to put your best foot forward. That I work I think I work tremendously hard in my television work on CNN, and when I do radio stuff, I try to be prepared, you know? Going back to what you were saying about the length of the NFL season, do you remember from your days as a player whether what week it really really started to hit you in terms of the demands on your body, the demands on the other players? You know, once – well – what I, the point really I was trying to make was when you first get in, you can tell. I felt like you know once you get a couple of years in the league. In fact, if you're smart, um, and I try to recommend the players, I, I played with a guy named Clay Matthews, and I'm talking about senior, and he was, right. you know, this '94, my rookie year, and you know he was certainly on his way out. But I, I kind of. You know, my dad worked for several celebrities and Tyson and Muhammad Ali and all these people. So I, I, I had gotten used to being a sponge, if you will. And I remember I used to just sit at Clay's locker and ask him all kinds of stuff about football and how did he maintain longevity, blah, 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 blah. And, he, you know, and, and I think if you're smart or, or if you are a smart rookie, you, you do those things, you know, uh, and don't come in with an attitude or cocky. But he used to talk about it getting away. You know, training on your own and then coming back and being fresh and how to be how to be prepared and obviously you have to be tremendously fortunate to play that long and be injury free, you know. And he was, but I I took a lot of those things to heart talking to our veterans about it. So after the rookie season and you kind of get used to that long run and no more classes and this is a full time. After that, you get you get used to the the schedule and how it works. You definitely do in so many ways, and you seem like such a student of the game, Jamal, and I'm very, very impressed by that, especially, but we learned it from your childhood, talking about, you know, how you had these career aspirations, not just for the NFL, but also entrepreneurship. 1998, let's talk about it, because it was your greatest year uh, of of your, again, I checked Wikipedia, I, I think of just 98, and think of you as a superstar your whole career with the Falcons, but this is the year, your breakout year, everything was going well for you what do you see the reasons why that happened you know winning the rushing title the nfc rushing title being a pro bowl or getting the opportunity to go to the super bowl tell me right yeah you know i knew when dan reeves was the coach and in fact sports illustrated predicted based on what i did 96 96 i led the nfl in yards per carry over Barry, him, and everybody. I only had 100 and uh, I don't know exactly, but I know I didn't come. I wasn't, I didn't know, I know I didn't have over 175 carries, which is kind of insane. Close to 1,100 yards, again, 50 catches for 500 something yards. So statistically, I was, it was like, here he comes. Well, we got Dan Reeves in 97, and I remember Sports Illustrated predicted uh, I was going to lead the league in rushing. And I was like, woo! And then I messed up my – I know, winning Detroit week one against Barry Sanders all fired up and, and, and nearly broke my ankle. 
So I nearly I nearly broke my ankle in week one, and it just slowed me down until the middle of the season. Oh, my. So th- those injuries definitely happen, and we'll talk about that with life after football. So 98, you just you had the right coach in Dan Reeves, and I'll say that because I'm a huge Denver Bronco fan. So in a Pittsburgher for, that's a Bronco fan, but, you know, playing for Dan Reeves and all that stuff, fantastic opportunity for sure in so many ways. And, Blake, as you see constantly, Jamal is always working harder to improve and continue to go to the next level, it sounds like, Blake, right? That sounds very true. What was it like to rehab that ankle? Were you able to put into effect some of the tips you heard from the veterans? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And here's the most it, it, the most difficult thing about that type of injury when it's not uh, you know if there's not a break. You in that you're in that severe sprain category. It feels like you know, your ankle swells. Everything it feels awful. But you just got to wait and be patient. And, you know, at the time, um, you know, frankly, our coaches and most people, and in fact myself, you know, you believe and you worked to be that option. And I remember we drafted Byron Hansparth, and we were supposed to be this one-two punch. And fantastic, fantastic teammate, by the way, fantastic guy. Um, He was a great returner for us, and he ended up getting hurt tearing up his knee and it just affected him greatly so i was still even kind of hobbling the best option but you learn um when you get more patient when you get more mature that you you gotta take your time to come back from things like that and and that's one thing that i i did i did definitely learn so Basically, that great year, then the career-ending injury. Uh, did you, you you were expecting to play a, a lot more years in the NFL, correct? And just tell to me specifically, yeah, my idol, my football idol, and the reason I wear thirty-two was Jim Brown. Unlike most kids at six or seven, I was a huge comic book fan, and I, I got my cartoon on here and there. But I used to be glued to the TV. Listen, if I could have had an iPod of John Facenda reading me bedtime stories, I would have done it. You know, the voice of the NFL for so many years. Yes, yes. So I was, like, glued to the TV watching guys like, you know, Marion Motley and Jim Brown. And that's kind of how I came up. That was my mentality. Like, Bronco Nagurski, these, you know, Zonka, old-school bruisers, like – to me, and I remember commenting, it was a bad game if I was walking out of a stadium without some sort of blood or dirt. I and mean, if I wasn't filthy coming out of a grass field, I'm like, you didn't even work today, you know? <laughs> yes. You didn't, what, what, did you, what, did you, what, what did you even show up for, buddy? You know? So that, that was my mentality, you know? And that's, those are the guys I grew up really loving, and, that, and that's why I wore 32. So to answer your question, sorry about this long run on it, I thought I was going to be Jim Brown. I figured, like, oh, yeah, like 29, 30, I'll end up in London, and I'll be doing the Dirty Dozen Part 2. <laughs> well, it's, it's, so basically you're you're at that point, you were looking at the entertainment point of things. So you were already were, were searching and saying, as we can right. tell, you're a great personality. Uh, Jamal and I knew that and when I, when I finally got connected with you on LinkedIn and I said oh you're coming on my show I said fantastic because you'll be one of the easiest interviews because you're so good on camera you are you are definitely one of those uh, the charisma is fantastic wouldn't you 
agree, Blake. He really knows how to uh, entertain people. Yes, definitely agree. It's uh, easy to hear you tell a story. That's uh, There's no problem there. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. It has been great. I got to get my kid and these guys. Oh, we have, so, again, we're in Georgia. We have football evaluations today, and they're like in an hour. And my son and his friends, I got like half the football team at my house. Oh, my gosh. No, I understand. So, Jamal, do you no, have any? You're, 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 they're flying all over the place. So, it's funny. <laughs> okay, so we'll, we'll kind of uh, finish up. Uh, Jamal, tell us uh, your latest projects. What's going on with you now? Okay, so right now, right now, um, I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be broadcasting from training camp for CBS Radio. Um, we shot some things on uh, CNN, and you can catch me on CNN or HLN, and sometimes uh, CNN International. Um, usually Mondays, Fridays, Tuesdays, it really fluctuates, but you can catch me there as well. Now, you can always reach me on you know, my website, jamalanderson.com. I actually have a blog. Um, and it's a ton of, I used to write a lot, but as my TV radio schedule picked up, I still do write. And I have a couple things that I wrote on my blog. Um, I still enjoy writing. Um, and also, you know, my, you can keep up with me on social media. I'm all over that stuff. Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Just search Jamal Anderson and you'll see my big face. Well, Jamal, we'll have to have you back on again because we definitely have to have a part two. We got to learn about no life problem, after li- life I'm, after I'm, football. I'm, I'll reach out to your no, publicist and we'll make sure we make it happen for sure. No, no problem, guys. Hey, I wish you all the best and, and of success, guys, in the future. Take care. All right, take care, Jamal. See Thanks you. Very much. Okay, bye bye. You're listening to Total Celebrity Show, and we'll be back in just a moment.